Yeah, Brian, it's weird to be taping this right here, live in the same room together. True story. You should probably turn that freaking thing off before I yell at you. I thought it was down, sorry. Uh-huh. So, you ready? Yep. Okay. There we go. Here are your hosts. Here are your hosts. Emerson Whitner. Emerson. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 to yet another brand new, exciting, one-of-a-kind edition of the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. I am your host, the one and only Emerson Whitner, joined by my co-host tonight, the only co-host I've ever punched in the face during the show, Ow. my brother, Brian Whitner. Brian, how are you doing this evening? I am doing well, folks. You can hear me crystal clear as we are coming to you live from... Lockhaven, Pennsylvania, not in our usual headquarters in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. But, but Funny thing, think... but who's really keeping track, Emerson? Yes. So, yes, I Brian has appeared now live in studio, kind of. No, you actually appeared live in my in, this, in my studio, Emerson. Well, it's does not... you, does, I usually record the show approximately two feet to my left. Yeah, Brian, so where are your notes this week? Um, I don't have them. I just watched it um, about approximately about five hours ago. So, uh huh. That's always good, Brian. Of course, that is. So you're well prepared for tonight's show. I'm always prepared. Uh huh. So we're on the air, and tonight it's the mystery show. Not that much of a mystery. No, at no. least not to us anyway. No, we're reviewing Halloween Havoc, 1998. Brian. It was a good year. It was a good year. It was year. a good year. I turned 12. You turned 14. Yes, yes. So you started, you were kind of in the post-teenage year, year, and I was in the pre-teen year. How was I the post-teenage year? Well, you turned teen 13, so you were like the year at, you were two years into your teenage years, and I was in my last year of my uh, pre-teen years. Actually, when this show aired... It was four days before my 14th birthday. Oh, then you were still in your first year of teenage life, Emerson. Yes. I wasn't in my first year of TNA life, thankfully, but... Thank God for that. I was 17 when that happened. Scary. Yes. So Halloween Havoc 98, the show famous for going off the air in about 25%, at least 25% of the country, because they made the decision 
the week before the show to instead of doing a three-hour pay-per-view to do a three-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view, and they didn't alert everybody. And, well, this is what happened. True story. Now, of course, you might be sitting there, the fine people listening might be wondering, wow, WCW had a lot of talent depth that year. They must have really filled their card that card out with some top-quality talent. Your Chris Benoit's, your Dean Malenko's, your Eddie Guerrero's, mm-hmm, your mm-hmm. Ric Flair had just come back. He, Woo! You know, you, have, you had to believe he was on the card. Yeah. Uh, all these people, uh, and Brian, how many of those people were on the card? I believe none. Was uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. on this card, Brian? I believe not, no. No, no, no. no. The year before, uh, Eddie Guerrero Rey Mysterio Jr. had that four and three-quarter star cruiserweight title match at Halloween Havoc. A year later, neither of them are even good enough to be on the show. Sad but true. Yes. But what is on the show? Lodi! The Nitro Girls. Oh, them too! The Nitro Girls, the one and I think only time they ever performed on pay-per-view, and not counting when they became wrestlers. Good God, not counting when Vince Russo started booking them in matches. It's Vince Russo. Do you want me to continue? Uh, That's still a ways away. But, uh, so the Nitro Girls are there performing to fill up time in this three-hour and 20-minute window. And if you want bonus matches, we've got bonus matches. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. These are the matches that are so big that they needed to expand Halloween Havoc. They could not just get it in three hours, Brian. You have some some of the quality matches that we uh, got as bonus matches. It was, um, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yes. So we open the show, the Nitro Girls perform, the announcers do their thing, and we go, not to the ring for our first match, we go to Mean Gene for an interview with Rick Steiner. And, hoo, 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 hoo. Yes. Rick talked about how he's going to wrestle Scott tonight, teach him a lesson, when Buff Bagwell came out and offered to be in his corner. Now, at this point, by my own count, Buff had turned on Rick Three times at this point in 1998 alone. Hmm. So, of course, Rick, being the dummy he is, said, yes, sure, Buff, be in my corner. That I don't see any problem with that. No, of course not. And so that led us to our first match, a bonus match. At least this one, you know, was a... Oh, by the way, Chris Canyon, also not wrestling on this show. Who's but, better than Canyon? Obviously, Lodi. everyone on this show. Lodi was. Lodi. Chris Jericho versus Raven. A battle of two heels for Chris Jericho's TV title. I and forgot it was even for a title. <laughs> yes, Chris Jericho TV champion, Brian. And, the whole, and of course, the best part about this match being WCW is that Raven did not want to wrestle this championship match. He had better things to do with his life. And then wrestle for a championship. Yes, and Jericho... He didn't accept the match until Jericho made fun of him. Oh, and, that's... Yes. The other problem with this match... Well, the big problem with this match, in my mind, they didn't use their actual WCW themes. No. Which, keep in mind, what was Raven's WCW theme? No music! That's right, yeah. They yeah. inserted music for him. However, Jericho had, as he called it, basketball themes number 17, but its actual title, One Crazed Anarchist. And one of these years, I'll time this perfectly.
course being that uh, Jericho heard his theme song on a TNT NBA Highlights video to show how important he was to the company. Of course. That's, you know, that's where wrestlers come up with theme songs, folks. Yep. Just watching TV, just randomly, like, you know what? That'd make one hell of an entrance music for me. Let's go with it. Jericho needs entrance music. Let's give him basketball highlights number seven. Not six. Not eight. But seven. Yes. So, uh... The bell finally rang 14 minutes into the show. Are we really going to listen to this while we do this match? During, you know, the seven-minute match that we're going to review for 30 seconds? Sure. Okay. Uh, this was actually, in my mind, the second-best match on the card. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, Raven actually tried to wrestle. Uh, uh, Jericho kicked out of the even flow. Raven kicked, uh, fought out of the lion tamer. Led to the finish where Canyon tried to interfere. But got knocked off the apron. And Jericho made Raven tap with a lion tamer. Like I said, second best match on the show. I don't have to agree with that statement. Brian loves the song. I can tell by the way he's looking at me. You should see it now, folks. I'm looking into a distant air. Yes. Which means I'm looking at my toaster oven right now. Brian's not a fan of basketball highlights number seven. No. Maybe six. Now we're going to press pause for 30 seconds because here's Brian's daughter. Making a yes, surprise sir. appearance. Actually, Brian's son. Oh, I'm not going to press pause. Just delete it later. Say hi to the folks on the radio. What? Say hi. Hi. They all say hi back, just trust me. <laughs> Alright. Hey, do me a favor. Can you get my charger for me upstairs in my by my bed? Thank yep. you, sir. May I please have another? By my bed. Plug it into the wall, you'll see it. You are so lazy. Yes, I am. Couldn't even go up to get your own goddamn charge. Nope, I'll send the child. Are we still recording? Yeah. Nice. Don't 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 take out that part or this part. Don't worry. Wasn't planning on it. So that was too much wrestling. Uh, that's seven minutes of wrestling. It was horrible. Seven minutes of wrestling. Yes, yeah, so it was horrible to have seven minutes of wrestling. So Hogan and Bischoff came out for another interview. Sure. What the hell? Throw Hogan and Bischoff out there. Hogan spent his promo before his match with the Warrior, hyping up the fact that he beat up his nephew, Horace. The highlight, of course, being when they showed footage, you could hear Shivani yell that Hogan is beating up the brother of his son. Mm. So we can just guess what's going to happen during this epic battle. Brian hasn't caught on to the fact that Shivani said the brother of Hogan's son. No, I did not. I was, I was putting in a new number in my phone. Yes. Brian just agreeing, yep, yep, that was... Yeah, sure, was, sounds good to me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. And then we got a bonus match. Another freaking bonus match, my god. Wrath versus Ming. Ugh. And I wrote as a review, can we please have another interview? Yes, it was that bad that we needed another interview for this to fill the science screen. All you need to know is that this match happened, and Wrath won a mean guy match. Hmm. It was a very good hard-hitting match, though. After you just 
buried it for sucking. Now you're saying it was a very good it match. It was a hard-hitting match. Uh-huh. It wasn't very good. It was hard-hitting. So they were stiff with each other is what you're trying to tell yes. me. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, God. I'm already spent. Let me see what I can play. Again, that's right. Uh, Brutus Beefcake, uh, no doubt, will be put to the test uh, in upcoming weeks. And how do you feel that uh, Mr. Beefcake could, could have had perhaps anyone in the world to manage him? I mean, Arnold Scullin was interested in the contract. Certainly Freddie Blassie, Lou Albano, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, they were throwing money at him uh, right and left. How did you land the contract? Man's got good choice. Man's got good taste. The man knows talent. In other words, when I come down the aisle with Mr. Brutus Beefcake, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wrestling fans of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, I'm not just coming down the aisle. I'm coming down there to oversee matters. I'm coming down there to lend my assistance. I'm coming down the aisle to say it's Brutus Beefcake versus whomever, but it's Johnny Valiant uh, lurking. It's Johnny Valiant uh, available. It's Johnny Valiant uh, <laughs> watching. <laughs> well, now, how much do you credit your presence then with the phenomenal success of Brutus Beefcake? I say it's a 50-50 deal. I say it's uh, Brutus Beefcake's uh, talent. It's Brutus Beefcake's physical prowess. It's Brutus Beefcake's presence. But it's also Johnny Valiant. Uh, it could be 25-50. It could be 90-10. It could be 10-90. It could be 98. It could be 2. But the bottom line is this man's going to win. And I'm going to make sure of that. Not and nobody's sure ever going to give him a bum steer, Vince McMahon. No one ever did give him a bum steer, Brian Whitner. Nope. Never did Emerson Whitner. By the way, Brian Whitner, uh, one thing we didn't do at the start of the show is plug next week's show, which we actually have a game plan. Yes. And a battle plan for. Yes, battle plan. Who? Speaking of battles, it is the Battle of January 24th, 1988, in a special double review. Uh, we'll be reviewing the 1988 Royal Rumble, the USA Network special that went head-to-head with the NWA's first national pay-per-view, because Starcade got blocked out in most of the country, the Bunkhouse Stampede, 88. Who did a Battle Royal better? Who had a worse world title moment? Who's better than Canyon? We won't find out that last question. Well, we may do, because, I mean, there's probably at least a dozen guys on both shows that were better than Canyon. Sure, sorry. So discuss that next week. Oh, and as of the time as we're recording this, despite what Brian is trying to tell everyone, we're not live. Um, we, at least I, didn't watch Tough Enough. I know Brian sure as hell didn't. Of course not. And Brian, actually, before we get into the next match, uh, do you want to give us your thoughts on the whole Hulk Hogan situation? Um, see, I, I, I don't know about the whole Hulk Hogan situation. I mean, it happened how many years ago? The man it was in the privacy of his own home. Should he have said it anyway? No. But you would have to imagine, hey, it's my house. I'll say and do what I want and please. So, yeah. You don't expect anyone to film it is what you're trying to say, right? Yes, pretty much, yes. And now we're being joined by Brian's wife, Nikki. Nikki, how are you doing this evening? Talking to my mother. Oh, how's she doing? She's fine. That's good. Anything else you want to say on the subject, Brian? No, I'm good. If you want to talk about Nikki's mom, too, you can talk about her, but, I mean, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's relevant to the show. Yeah. 
Meh. Yeah. Meh. By the way, notice that your son, it's been seven minutes, has doesn't come down with your charger. Yeah, it happens. He's by loss. Uh-huh. Or he just started ignoring you. Yeah. <laughs> Whose number are you putting in your cell phone, Brian? A lot of girls. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You realize at some point they're going to realize, Nikki's going to realize that I don't have 58 different phone numbers, especially those in Pennsylvania. I know, I can't see Emerson 1, Emerson 2, Emerson 3, yeah, I know, it happens. Eventually she'll catch on, though. Well, eventually I had to do, uh, for Steven here, I eventually had to combine it into one, but I was up to about, I was up to about Steven 7 there for a while. Nice, nice, yeah, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. So we're gonna, as you can see, we're not following any sort of rigid schedule, we're kind of jumping around here tonight. Uh, and we go to match number three, Juventud Guerrero versus Disco Inferno, the winner to face babyface Billy Kidman later tonight for the Cruiserweight title. And this is WCW, back asswards booking. They have two people wrestle, and the winner wrestles the babyface later on. Makes sense to me. Yes. Uh, now, this being WCW, keep in mind that Juventud Guerrero and Billy Kidman almost always have amazing matches with each other. Almost. And probably the worst match they ever had with each other was equivalent to the best match of Disco Inferno's career. Which was what? I... Probably the Malenko match. Probably. Maybe this one with Hoovy. This match with Hoovy was pretty good. Hoovy carried him to the best match, you know, he had in one of his two or three best matches of his career. And, of course, you know, we could have a four-and-a-half-star match with Hoovy and Kidman, but who needs that shit? Instead, Disco wins with a pile driver. Disco... I mean, like a spike pile driver, just a regular pile driver. That's it. I, I don't even think... Uh, Disco is in the 215-pound weight limit for the cruiserweight division. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. We got more Nitro Girls. Who loves the Nitro Girls? Yes, because, you know, it's very important we get these matches, Brian. Of course. You know, it's a three-hour and 15-minute pay-per-view. We can't just, you know, cut 25 minutes out. No, God, no. You know, we couldn't just keep uh, Wrath versus Meng as a dark match or... Alex Wright versus Fit Finlay. Nope. We needed these matches on pay-per-view, damn it. True story. Actually, it's funny. If you cut out the Nitro Girls and you cut out those two matches, that's 25 minutes. It showed up in 2 hours and 50 minutes, and you could have fit it into 3 hours. Mm-hmm. But nope. WCW is we, WCW. We don't need that bullshit in this company, Brian. No. God darn it. And because, you know, there's way too much wrestling so far. So Scott Steiner comes out and announced that uh, even though the Giant and Scott Hall are the World Tag Team Champions, it said Scott Steiner will defend the tag team titles against Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Yeah, and, and he would only wrestle Rick if Rick beats him. And this was the second time, or the third time in three months, that they tried to screw us out of Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. And funny enough, they built it up for World War Three the next month as well, and never did the match then either. Of course. This being WCW. It's WCW. Where the big boys play with themselves. Yes. Frequently and often. Now, of course, we couldn't talk about a Scott Steiner promo without... Scott Steiner! Yes, and let's play some Scott Steiner. Oh, I love that I saw Scott Steiner. This next month contest is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first... Helen from Dunkin' Donuts! 
I'm a little confused when he said from Venice Beach, California. It's like, who in the main event mafia could have been from Venice I've Beach? Got, I've got Sting wasn't in the main event mafia. Well, it was when Vince Russo attempted for at least the third time to turn Sting heel. Yes. Actually, was that the third or the second time? Possibly second, I think. Yeah. It's possible. I don't want to, like, overwhelm Vince Russo here. They, I know he did it a third time when... Uh, they brought in Hogan, so he turned heel on Dixie right away, and yeah. And who would have thought that TNA was WCW 2010? Alex Wright versus Fit Finlay. The only reaction to this was the crowd chanted boring. That explains a lot. I had to agree. And the story that they tried to push was Fit Finlay once broke the neck of Alex Wright's father. Who knew and who cared? Sorry, but Alex got revenge for his daddy and won here with an neckbreaker, Brian. Huh. Good old Alex. I know this was your favorite match in the show, Brian. So tell us more about it. Was it was so my favorite match, I skipped it. Wow. <laughs> yes. So I should dock your pay. I don't get paid for this ever since. I should still dock your pay. I should, you know, I should start paying you so now I could dock you. One week's pay. You're being suspended, Brian. Alright. Who's going to be your guest host next week? Guy. Guy. Yes, we forgot to mention. Our dear buddy Guy might be joining us next week. I they had to scream it. Guy may be guy. joining us next week. Guy. Not Guy Fieri. Not Guy Pierce. Guy Ironstone. Dun, dun, dun. Which isn't really Shockingly. Shockingly. <laughs> This is not his last name. However, yes. no, what the hell is his last name? Chelius. You should probably fucking tell me this so I can put the right name on this goddamn hotel reservation. No, he goes by. Well, yeah, you should probably do. Well, what's on his license, Brian? Chelius. Yeah, you should probably send that to me so I can put it on the correct damn thing. Oh, it's good. Nice that we're resolving these issues here on the uh, Wrestling Outsiders podcast. Cha-ching. Uh, so. Ernest the Cat Miller, who, by the way, Brian, is a three-time World Karate Champion. Three-time World Karate Champion. He was at WCW.com telling Tony the Tiger that he was the greatest and the real deal. Well, of course. R.D. Reynolds, our good friend, our good pal, probably had a problem with that. Probably, probably. Because he's the real deal. That's what the R.D. stands for, Brian. I got that, Emerson. Are you sure? Yes, 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 I did. Mm-hmm. Now we can either watch more Ernest the Cat Miller at WCW.com talking to Tony the Tiger, or we could watch Lodi. That's a tough call. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what we wanted, because Lodi was next. Damn. Lodi versus Perry Saturn in the hey, at least these two had an angle match. Yeah, at least. The whole storyline was two months earlier. Lodi beat Saturn in a complete upset, which forced Saturn to be his slave for a couple weeks. And so now Saturn was here to get his revenge, even though he got his revenge on the entire flock when he beat Raven at Fall Brawl. 
Hmm. So long story short, this match went way too long and it went three minutes. And now Brian's leaving me because he has to go get his charger, which means I get to sit here and talk crap about him. Let me tell you about Brian. I've been here since Friday. And it came down to, uh, for a number of reasons, mostly just to get out of Massachusetts for a little bit. And I got to see my uh, niece and my nephew. Now, of course, they're four and two years old, so they like to scream and yell. And it's so fun listening to them scream and yell all the time. Made even better by the fact that Brian, to get them to stop screaming and yelling, begins screaming and yelling at them. And that is how I spent my Sunday morning. In complete and total agony from my head pounding from listening to Brian screaming and yelling at his kids to stop screaming and yelling. And now Brian has returned, now that I've done chastising him on this very uh, radio podcast. Brian, your defense to all this? I don't have any. Plug it in. Plug it in where? Why the hell would I do that? Please. Jesus Christ, Brian, get your own damn computer. I pay the the podcast bill. I charge his phone. Thank you, sir. I bought him soda yesterday. And he has nothing to say about Perry Saturn versus Lodi. No, not really. I'm good. <laughs> I want you to say something about Perry Saturn versus Lodi, Brian. Saturn won with the Death Valley driver uh-huh. in, a very, in a very close physical altercation. Uh-huh. Well, name anything that Lodi did during the match. He kicked Saturn in the, in the and when he came in the ring from the outside. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And why were they outside the ring, Brian? Because Lodi went outside to get his signs and Saturn chased after him. And what was going on with his signs? He was having stupid things on it, like Lodi hates Texas. Actually, it was Lodi likes Texas. Lodi likes Texas, I'm sorry. And But that wasn't what was happening to his signs. What was happening to his signs? They were getting ripped up? No. They were getting massive paper cuts from them? They were getting massive they paper were cuts like from the them. The wrestlers were getting so, massive paper cuts from them? They were getting paper cuts, so Lodi went outside of the ring to get them because he was getting paper cuts from them. Sure, it's Vince Russo error, so it makes sense to me. Vince Russo wasn't in the company at the time, Brian. Fuck my life. No. Oh, well. See, Brian, if you were to watch the show, you would have known. I did watch the show, I remember saying. I heard Saturn and Lodi. I was not paying attention to Saturn versus Lodi. Why aren't you paying attention, Brian? The. Because it's Saturn and Lodi. So what? Do you want to know what happened, Brian? Do you realize we spent more time on Saturn versus Lodi than we did Jericho versus Raven? It's a fun topic. I'm not the person who left in the middle of the show to go get my charger. You don't have to. Your phone's sitting there, probably charged. My phone is at 43%. Mine was at negative something. How the hell was it at negative? I'll get back to you. Yeah. Ex- oh, God. This is why we need to be 400 miles apart when doing the show, bro. <laughs> this is actually kind of fun being like a nightmare foot away. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, what was happening was the WCW production guy got the signs that was taking them to the back. And nice. so Lodi went outside and got them from him. Okay. Pay attention. That production guy doing his job. <sighs> now, Brian, what came next? Since I just told you to pay attention, what came after Perry Saturn versus Lodi? Fuck. 
Stop cursing. Oh, uh, Scott and the Big Show and the wrong Scott. No, nope. Damn, I don't know. More Nitro Girls. No. <laughs> okay, but the next actual match was <laughs> that. What was the next actual match, Brian? Scott Steiner and the Giant. Nope. <laughs> Billy Kidman versus Disco. Oh, for the I Chris got Ray that one. Damn them. I was going to take a musical break, but this is becoming more too fun. So, Brian, tell me about Kevin and Disco. What was the story of the match, Brian? Disco won the match against Tubi and then got the, the this match. That was the story of the last match. What was the story of this match? Uh, I don't know. The story of this match was a showcase to show how great Kidman is now that he's not being brainwashed by Raven. I know how to do something to do with the flock. And now I can understand the use of Disco because Disco is such a larger person than Hoovy, but it still would have made a stronger statement and given us a much stronger show. It was Hoovy. Yes. Makes sense to me. Now, Kidman won. He retained the title with the Shooting Star Press. When I was 14, I was confused as to why the hell they booked these matches the way they did. I'm now 30, and I'm still confused why the hell they did this. 16 years later, does that to you? Now, they at one point promised slash threatened to air the debut of Conan's brand new music video. The one that they aired over and 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 over again. Are you channeling your inner Nelly and Tim McGraw song over and over again? No, but do you know there's a pre-sale going on right now for the October 5th Raw at the TD Garden in Boston? Nice. And if you use the code Boston Raw. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Are you yes. going to it? Uh, well, since the pre-sale's going on now, Brian, I didn't know about it before. Let's just see for the hell of what's going on over there. But hey, while I'm doing that, what I was going to do was uh, play this musical interlude. doesn't go any louder, Brian. Oil of Olay all day, every day. Oil of Olay all day, every day. Alright, so since I still haven't found what I'm looking for yet, I can play a new song as well. In just a second.
So yes, there are tickets to Raw, the pre-sale, October 5, still available. Nice. And yes, for $60.80, I can be behind the screen, pretty much. Ah. Yes. Well, nah, nah. Or, or for $100, I could be almost directly across from the camera. Remember I was for Night of Champions? I was right there. Yeah, yeah. I could be one section over. Nice. Yes. So yeah. let's, let's say, say you will not be attending. No, no. You want know, to you know when I pay to go to Raw? What? When I'm at WrestleMania. Nice. Which is Dallas. Yes. And you want to know when I pay to go to SmackDown? Never. Never. Yes, good call. SmackDown. Okay, now, Brian, you know what match is next? There's only six matches left, Brian. You got Only it. six matches left. It's our seventh match, Brian. There's only six to go. Scott Steiner and the Giant versus Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell? He finally got one right, folks. By God! By God! Stop screaming. Sorry. Scott Steiner and the Giant versus Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Buff Bagwell, by the way, still wasn't even medically cleared to compete yet. He had broke his neck on a live episode of Thunder like six months earlier and still had another six months to go before he could even be in the ring. He actually took a bump later in the show, and we'll get to that. Um... 
This was when Giant had really let himself go. Um, this is probably the heaviest he'd ever been in WCW. Uh, of course, he got heavier in WWE before he got better. Um, but his gimmick was that he smoked on the way to the ring. And he has this teeny tiny little cigarette sticking out of his giant head. Yeah. Which... My, my, my thing was, immediately I saw it, I'm like, is he smoking that to the ring? And Emerson was like, yes. Yes, he is. Of course he is. Why, why wouldn't he be smoking, Brian? I just found that messed up, folks. He did? He did. So the fans cheered because... Well, the fans booed Rick because everyone realized he was the only idiot to think that Buff Bagwell was not going to turn on him. And so when Bagwell did, they all cheered. Um, Bagwell turned on him almost immediately. Um, and, yeah, that was that. Um, ironically, you know, the fans kept wanting to get behind Bagwell after his very real neck injury, but WCW, being WCW, kept turning him heel. Yes. And, yes. You know, and keep in mind, Bagwell's a total asshole. So True. you only feel so sorry for the dude. But it's like he's definitely one of those guys that the fans did like, and they never really uh, bothered even attempt to do anything more with him. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, the finish of the match saw the giant, the big show, Paul White, whatever you want to call him, go to the top rope for a missile drop kick, and Rick moved out of the way, so giant hit Scott, and Rick pinned giant with a top rope bulldog to win the tag team titles. Now, Brian... Trivia question, who did Rick eventually pick to be his tag team championship partner? It was Judy Bagwell at one point. Nope, that wasn't his first pick. It was, oh, some jobber. I forget. It was some jobber, but some jobber has a name. I forget. Lenny, uh... Lenny? Was it Lenny? No, I forget. Kenny Chaos. Kenny Chaos. See, I was close. No, you weren't. Lenny, Kenny, I was only off by a letter. Yeah, but it's like, so what? You figure out part of his first name. Uh, so, by the way, they punched Rick Steiner in the balls five times during this match. Just and not a single DQ was thrown. Yes. Uh, not that I guess it mattered terribly much. Um, so that led us right away to brother versus brother. Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner. Now, Brian... To show you that the older brother is always superior, Rick is the older brother. Just wanted to point that out. Yes. And who won not one, but two matches over his younger brother tonight, Brian? Rick Steiner. Yes. And so, there you go. So, a man dressed like Bill Clinton hopped the guardrail and attacked Rick Steiner. It was Buff Bagwell. So, Buff Bagwell... got skills. Buff Bagwell literally ran to the back, put on a suit... And a Bill Clinton mask ran all the way back around the arena into the crowd just to jump over the guardrail and attack Rick Steiner again. Makes sense to me. I don't see why not. It's WCW. Exactly. Um, why did he even bother, you think? Vince Russo put it up to him. Put him up to so him. Vince Russo called him, even though he wasn't even in the company. Yep, yep. And even though Buff Bagwell has nothing to do with booking finishes for matches. Of course not. And Don't matter. told him to do that. Yes. And Buff listened. Yeah, of course. So why wasn't Buff fired? Vince Russo offered him a very heavy sum of money. And told Buff, when I come to WCW next year, you will get stardom. 
You'll get stardom. Yes. Not stardust. Stardom. Oh, wow. I need to start drinking on this show. By the way, uh, the holiday celebration shows in four and a half months. I can't wait. Yes, we're already planning the holiday celebration show. Not, 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 uh, Wrestle, uh, whatchamacallit, two. Not Wrestle, whatchamacallit, two? Not Podzilla, part two. Nope, the holiday celebration show. Tell me, Ryan, did you drink booze during the Podzilla one or the Wrestle thingy-majigger one? I think I did, actually. No, you didn't. I didn't? No. I did, but I don't think I said anything. Then you're fired for drinking on the job. Damn. And your replacement is Guy. He starts next week. <laughs> Make sure you call Tom. Uh, so the referee got bumped in this match. The first of about 58 times he got bumped during the show. Uh, and Buff Bagwell, being the horrible heel that he is. Horrible heel. Uh, would pick up the referee's arm when Scott went to make a cover. He'd pick up the referee's arm, count one, count two, and would hold up the count when uh, Rick would kick out. So it was an honorable cheating heel babyface. Of course, it was honorable. Uh, eventually, Rick made his comeback and won with a top rope bulldog. Buff did take his one bump during all this. I was shocked he took one. And didn't break anything else. Yep. Well, what the hell are you doing over there, Brian? But I'm paying attention. We've got something very important to talk about, Brian. What do we have to talk about, Everson? We've got to talk about your opinion. job every week to have an opinion about something and brian just silently curses himself but jason realized how much thought he puts into this so i'm gonna sit back here with my derpy music and tearing it off here because this should be good brian i want to hear your opinion and you better go longer than a minute 52 um what is a mustache Mustaches, hair on the upper lip. <laughs> I don't have a mustache. Need to wear these boys. Just to let everyone know, when Brian gets done pretending to be Eli Cottonwood, he's still going to do a Brian has an opinion. Damn. <laughs> I have an opinion on this, though. It's not your opinion. It's you trying to do Eli Cottonwood's promo. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make my opinion about Eli Cottonwood's opinion. Number one, that was relevant five years ago, and... No. What an opinion about something, Brian? My opinion on what 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 can be a good opinion? Brian has all week to come up with these things, and he decides. Listen, I had a very busy week. Damn it! I had a birthday party to plan. I had Niagara Falls. I had what else did I have? I was a very busy man this past week, Emerson. I had a fire drill. Yes, let's talk about fire drills at a hotel at 11 o'clock at night. Okay, 
I understand that every single uh, hotels must have a fire drill twice a year. I know this because I used to work at a hotel. Thank God I was not involved in one of the hotels. However, the place is sold out. They are known, people know that there's people there in wheelchairs. Meaning my group and there's about six or seven of us that went on this lovely trip to Niagara Falls. And they decide to have a fire drill. Not during the day, but 11 o'clock at night. Now, couldn't you just have it at like in the middle of the day, like say 11-ish? But no, I was about... Nobody there at 11-ish. Well, still, I was, I was brought ready to fall asleep. I was in my bed, nice comfy bed, in my pajamas, which is my boxers. And it's pretty pink pajama bottoms. Yes, pretty pink pajama bottoms. And I hear this weird noise. As I am getting up to poke my head out of the hallway, my female supervisor comes running into my room saying, Fire drill! So she's running in my front door. Another female co-worker of mine is running in the adjoining door to get the gentleman out of bed who I was sharing a room with who was in a wheelchair and was not able to. So there I am in my underwear and I just pause and freeze. So my opinion on the subject is... What the hell, hotel? Why are you having fire drills 11 o'clock at night? Let's have them during the day. Make it easy on yourself and your guests. Or let's have it on a night where you know that there's no handicapped people there. That is my opinion. Good night. That's great, Brian. Now I want to hear an opinion about wrestling. You didn't, it wasn't a you didn't it's say the it's Wrestling Outsiders podcast. That's your personal life story. Wrestling opinion now. Nope. Yep, that was not part of this agreement. You said I could have my own segment and my opinion can be on anything I want. About wrestling. Nope. Yeah. Nope. We're not continuing until... And you know, Brian, we're not live, so I can just keep editing this out as long as I want. I can always record this later tonight when you go to work. And just pretend... Work! I don't work! And, and I can just pretend that, you know, you just never bothered to do the show. So, Brian, let's hear it. I want an opinion, damn it. I gave you my opinion, dear brother. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I'm going to give you 54 seconds to come up with an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> you better have an opinion in 54 seconds about something, Brian. All right. About wrestling. Bye. Your topic. Got to have the right promo now. <laughs> it's a little bit of hair growing over the upper lip. I don't have one. Nobody else here has one. But you know what? A mustache is for a real man. See, of all these people here, I have the best mustache of them all. I thought you'd be a couple more days. I'll have a nice, thick mustache. But none of these boys right here. Okay, well, that Eli. Then he said he didn't have a mustache. Michael McGillicuddy approached the podium. <laughs> Michael. So, Brian, 54 seconds is up. What do you have to say, Brian? Come on, Brian. Time is money. What was my opinion on last week? I forget. It was probably about Undertaker at SummerSlam again. And he's done that now two weeks in a row. So, we need something new. 
How about John Cena's nose, Brian? Oh, God, okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so people, people say that wrestling is fake. Which, yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. Parts of wrestling is fake. <laughs> It is not. It is not. You know, it's it's storylines. It's matches are predicted out ahead of time, figured out and stuff like that. Follow the storyline. I don't know where I'm going with this. Keep going. This... <laughs> Just watching the little thing go on here. What little thing? The little thing tracking your audio. Oh, thanks. No problem. Keep going. My my opinion is to the people who think that wrestling is fake is. They are idiots. Oh, Keep going. I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> this is from Brian, who once told me the bad news about our show was that it was starting now. I'm speechless, folks. I apologize. I thank you, Brian, for your groundbreaking original thought. Wrestling is not fake. Thank you. You're welcome. This kind of stuff is, you know, going to propel us to the top of the iTunes music charts this weekend, undoubtedly. <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe I just. I, I, I'm speechless. See, you and I are both speechless. But I'm speechless for a different reason, Brian. Oh, I'm speechless because I sat here and listened to you say that. Oh. Where the hell are you going? Oh, my God. Folks, I, I, I don't know about him. What, 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 what more can he say? Good God! Brian, what's your opinion? Wrestling isn't fake. Oh my God. I I've got to tell Lauren about this while we're here taping this. See what hell she has to say about this. Let's see here. What can I play in the meantime? Let's see. Keep in mind, Brian didn't ha had 12 seconds into an opinion on Hulk Hogan. But, yeah. Let's see here. We just started the damn show over at this point. Some of the fans' uh, dissension via Fire Russo chants mm -hmm. were triangles that you had developed. Well, you know my, my answer to that? I love it. Bullshit. 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 The last rights match between the business thing, bullshit, bullshit. I had nothing to do with that, and they were shouting it strong that night, bullshit, bullshit. Now, he may have went back and told Dixie, oh, Dixie, bullshit, bullshit. I had booked that. That was dead. He booked that. Listen, bullshit, bullshit. Nobody has ever said, fire that, fire that, bullshit, bullshit. Fire that, fire that on anything I ever booked, bullshit. Bullshit. Vince, I love you, buddy, and you take credit for everything. Bullshit. Bullshit. But you gotta take bullshit. credit for the bullshit you book. Bullshit. Bullshit. 
Brian just spent 24 seconds talking about how wrestling isn't fake while taping our podcast. See what Lauren has to say about that. Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. Brian, what the hell are you eating? Um, Mom used to call it Heavenly Salad. It's marshmallow, pistachio pudding, and Cool Whip. Cool Whip? Mm-hmm. Cool Whip. Say cool. Cool. Now say whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. Yes, cool whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. You're eating hair! What? Three people laughed about that one. Brian wasn't one of them. Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. It sucked worse than this episode of the podcast. Oh, man. And the best part is, you know, this match sucked, but it was still somehow like the seventh or eighth best match on the show. How many matches were on the show? Twelve. Twelve matches in three hours and 15 minutes, Brian. (sighs) So Nash kicked his ass for the entire match to the apathy of the crowd and then laid him out with two jackknife power bombs. And instead of just pinning him and getting the damn thing over with, he walked out and got counted out. Which was then to build up a rematch the next month on pay-per-view. And you're like, what the hell's the point? Which they angled out of. So by the way, at World War III, and that should be a show we'll watch one day. Another bad WCW pay-per-view month. Uh, oh, that, that was... Yeah, it was actually pretty bad. But uh, they built three matches other than the Battle Royal. Red Heart DDP, Rick Steiner versus Scott Steiner, and Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall. And those last two matches never happened. What was the third what was the second one you said? Nash versus Hall. Yeah. Rick versus Scott Steiner. Okay. Yes, they had to have another match. Because this match where Rick just beat him twice in one night just wasn't enough. Mm-mm. We needed to have the final blow-off. Shivani talked about how WCW does not condone Hall drinking and being drunk on TV. Which is why we have this entire gimmick. Because Hall's a drunk and a drug addict. Now this was going on at the same time. WF was doing the same exact thing with Road Warrior Hawk. And I remember being confused as to what the hell was going on and why at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's still amazing. They did two simultaneous angles. And... No one gave a trip. Yeah. I'm talking to Lauren here. She said after the 24th second, he couldn't convince himself anymore. And I said after 24 seconds, I began banging my head. That, it, it was worse than the time he said the bad news was a show was starting. Why did you say that that time? I forgot what you told me to say. I... I... Because like, it, it was on tax day. It was April 15th. I told you to say the bad news is you lost your job. But the good news is the show is starting right now. And you're like, oh, I got some bad news for you, Lottie. Yeah, what is it? 
the show is starting. It's like I forgot. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. It reminds me of those Domino's commercials where we're talking about how eating Domino's isn't special. Hmm. Oh god. More Nitro Girls. And then the United States Heavyweight Championship, Brett the Hitman Clark versus Stink. The icon. Stink. Yes. But he was still Wolfpack Stink. With a weird looking goatee. I don't know if Brian is not drinking an adult beverage. Brian is drinking one of those children's squeezy juice bottles that he's now threatening to pour all over my laptop. No, I'm just... Because he keeps turning it in the direction of my laptop. Just wanted to point that out to him. Sorry, dear brother of mine. No, you're not. True story, I'm not. That's why he's eating and drinking on the show. I am not. Yeah. Say something right now, Brian. Hi. Yeah. Smack that out of his mouth. The problem is if I did, he'd probably spit it all over me. Mm-hmm. 57 minutes into this fucking show. Can't believe we've been taping 57 fucking minutes. Red Heart versus Sting. Red Heart is in the middle of his third heel turn in his 10th month in WCW. And this was set up after his one and only career match with Hulk Hogan, which was a forgettable match on Nitro. It reminds me of this look like, when the hell did they wrestle? Yep. It was an episode of Nitro. and I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it's on one of the Hogan DVDs. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Who won that match? It was a no contest. Oh, I was saying it was both the wrestle on this fantastic pay-per-view. It was a no contest, because I forget the exacts, but Sting came down to help Brett, and then Brett turned heel on him. Yeah, go figure. And this was actually Sting's last match as a member of the Wolfpack, as they angled him out with an injury. He may have actually been injured, considering how bad this match actually was. But he came back six months later as Crow Sting. This, um... I think this was the time when Brett was having problems with his groin, but was trying to fight through it. In his book, Brett mentioned that he got injured when Dean Malenko, teeny tiny Dean Malenko, picked him up for a souplay and then walked him across the ring and dropped him on the top turnbuckle, which just killed his groin. Huh. And then that led to perhaps my favorite Bret Hart interview of all time when he accused Dean Malenko of not having a groin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the L Dandy one. No, no, no. Because at least L Dandy, like, I can easily find the groin one. That was just so absurd that no one ever uploads it to YouTube. Yeah, Dean Malenko, you probably don't even have a groin. That's saying something. That That's just beyond calling someone not a man. Yes. Uh, so therefore he got bumped again. To make matters better, he bumped right in the middle of the ring. Didn't roll out of the way. He just stayed right there in the middle of the ring and got in the middle of everything. Including during an Irish whip where uh, both Brett and Sting had to jump over him to get to the corner. And then during a superplex... When they fell on top of the referee. Who was it? Billy Silverman. Billy Silverman. We'll get him on the show one day and ask him what the fuck that was all about. Be nice. Anyway, the story of the, the finish of the match was Sting did a stinger splash, but when, was supposed to go over Brett's head and hit himself on the post. And this is, and 
it may have been on purpose why they uh, shot it like this because it was impossible to believe they actually hit the post. But they had the camera right there on the corner turnbuckle, so you couldn't actually see Sting overshoot him and hit his head off the post. So hmm. Sting. So what you saw on TV was Sting did this uh, Stinger splash and then just fell on the ground and Brett beat the crap out of him with a baseball bat. After Brett beat the crap out of him with a baseball bat, he put him on the sharpshooter, woke up the referee, and was declared the winner by submission. He woke up the referee first, and then... Really? Yeah. Really. Anyway, yeah. so after he woke up the referee and was declared the winner by submission, the, they did the, oh, he's injured, let's get the ambulance and everybody else down here and take him the hell out of here. A.K.A. Sting needed some time off. and He was also going through some shit at this time, too, so, you know, may been for the better, who knows. Is there anything else to talk about before we get to Hogan Warrior? Like, Do you even have to get to the worst rematch in wrestling history? You have to. You can't talk about... I think um, that's the whole reason why we did this. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Steiner versus the English Language Part 2. We played Part 1 last week. So it's time for Part 2. Shot. I, I control landscape, bitch. 
anybody that wants to come out here and get your ass in, come out here right now. Phil Burke, I'm going to do it for you. Fracture my face. I came here to kick somebody's ass, bitch. Well, see, I come from a highly educated university, so when I come out and speak to these white trash, I got to dumb myself down. He's going to be the X Division title, Brian. Yes, he is. And the World Heavyweight Championship. Of course, that's what Big Pop Pop does. <sighs> Hollywood Hogan versus the Warrior. Eight years, six months, 24 days later. Do you actually have that written down? No, April 1st, 1990, October 25th, 1998. Pretty easy math, gotcha, okay. <sighs> Where to start? The end of the match. <laughs> okay, the end of the first match. In 1990, Pat Patterson... No, 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 no. I'm at the end of the second match. Shut your yap. In 1990, Pat Patterson sat these two men and held their hands and put together a 25-minute match full of twists and turns, hiding both men's weaknesses, accentuating their positives. Basically, it's ECW just with... Hogan and the Warrior. Mind you, this match, that first match, did not, absolutely does not stand the test of time. But on April 1st, 1990, Matt Patterson was a fucking genius. Not saying he's not a genius anyway, but the man was an epic genius that day. Fast forward to October 25, 1998. Pat Patterson is one of the Stooges on Raw. So he's not backstage at Nitro holding these men's hands and uh, getting them through a 15-minute match. Instead, Hogan was here to uh, make this match purely for his own massive ego. And if there's one time when I can point to it, you know, Hogan's ego is legendary. Okay, I'm not going to try to deny it. But I will say the run of the Warrior is by far the most egocentric thing he ever did in his career. He got Eric Bischoff to pay the Warrior $1 million for three matches and a handful of interviews only so Hogan could pin him and get his win back from WrestleMania. He would have done it with Yokozuna to get his win back, except Yoko couldn't pass any physical for a state athletic commission. And that was going to happen in 1999. So yeah, remember hmm. Heroes of Wrestling Yokozuna, who weighed like 700 pounds and could barely move? He was almost on Nitro, losing to Hogan. So since that didn't happen, because Yokozuna was too large to pass a physical, this is the most egocentric thing that... Uh, a Hogan never did. It's it's amazing that this company reached the highs that it did. Yeah, yeah. Because notice when I said that he was trying to bring in Yokozuna in 1999 so he could get his win back, <laughs> he wasn't trying. He wasn't coming up with these ideas to get the next set, the next stars ready, next generation of stars mm. to the next level, so he has new people to wrestle. I mean, come on. Like, you may think Crispin was a vanilla midget, but hey, get him up to the next level. That's a new guy that's going to make you look like a fucking million dollars for the next two years, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nope. 
don't want to do that. So instead, he tried to bring back Yokozuna during a time when WCW was nosediving. And actually, I, I, I got to say something. Due to every injury in the book, you know who got a kind of main event push in 1999? Billy Kidman. No, that was 2000. Oh. Heel Rick Steiner. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Rick Steiner was all... And Stevie Ray. Like, if you love Rick Steiner and Stevie Ray, those two were all over WCW 1999. Hmm. The stars of the next generation. Hmm. Eric Bischoff, man, did he suck with money? Yeah. I, Scott Norton. There's another person we need to get on this show. You know how much they paid Scott Norton? Think about how big of a star Scott Norton was in the WCW. Japan, universe. yeah. No, no, no well, a, yeah. But just in the WCW universe, how big of a star was Scott Norton? Not very. You want to know how much money they paid Scott Norton? They paid Warrior a million. Honestly, at least seven hundred fifty thousand. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars really? a year. Nice. They paid Scott fucking nice. Norton. Keep in mind, Jericho, when he left, was getting paid one fifty six, and to try to get him to stay, they offered him like three hundred thousand, and they paid Scott Norton seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. The company lost $60 million in the year 2000. Scott, you're going to lose every single match this year. You know what? I'm okay with that. I got $750,000. I'm going to say, for, for three quarters of a million dollars, I'll stare at the ceiling lights every night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, you're going to be a major push. You know what? I don't need it. Just give it to someone else. But you're going to be the longest reigning WCW champion of all time. I'm good. Are my checks going to get any higher? Give it to David Arquette. <laughs> Are, are my checks getting any higher? Well, no. And fuck it. Just... <laughs> Let our cat win the title. <laughs> yes. Now, after that three-minute discussion about Scott Norton, now back to Hogan versus Warrior. Oh, we're still reviewing this match? We're still reviewing oh, this match. We, never... we didn't even get to the bell yet. <laughs> Ding. Match ends. Ding. Okay. I wish it was that simple. This match went like 15 minutes. Now I'm sitting in front of Brian, so he's not pulling up Wikipedia in front of my face to tell me, oh, Emerson, it lasted 14 minutes and 9 seconds. Which he's now doing, <laughs> just so he can do it in that voice. Um, and so, the bell rang, and then the bell rang, and then it was over. Now the EP versus Goldberg. No, just fucker. <laughs> so these two men were sucking wind about two minutes into this match. Are you surprised by that statement? I know I'm not, folks. And considering how fast-paced... This match was. I'm just glaring at him now, folks. Oh boy, they did the uh, uh, test of strength blowjob spot from WrestleMania six. Only instead of Hogan giving the blowjob, was Warrior giving the blowjob this time. And wow, (laughs) you've never seen that gif of of WrestleMania six when. Warriors got him in the test of strength on his knees, and Hogan just like like this on his knees in front of Warriors' crotch. Sure. Well, this time they reversed it. Now Warriors doing the blowjob <laughs> during the match. Really love them blowjobs ever since. Well, you tell me what he was doing with his face in Hogan's crotch. Oh, that's okay. Oh God, this show's already got an hour and eleven minutes. Oh, we're running late. Um, so, they bumped the referee. I've said that 15 fucking times I already. I feel like you said this already many times. Yes. They exchanged bad-looking punches when the giant sauntered down. 
He didn't run. He didn't jog. He moved his arms and walked. And Giant ran down and accidentally kicked Hogan and then disappeared. Literally. Like, he disappeared. We saw the greatest offense in the history of wrestling when Hogan went for two different elbow drops, Warrior rolled out of the way, and then attacked Hogan with the log roll. Now, you think, you know, it can't possibly be what I'm talking about. Warrior was on the ground and began rolling at Hulk Hogan, who was standing on his feet. Well, actually, I've seen this match in 14 minutes and 18 seconds. How long did it really go? 14 minutes and 18 seconds. Bret Hart and Sting went 15. I said 14 minutes and change. I want my due. How about a Coke? Sure. Okay, there you go. It's not the taste of a new generation. So tell me about the log roll, Brian. Okay. Reaction to Hogan vs. Warrior 2. Okay. That's a great discussion about the log roll, Brian. So Warrior began rolling at Hogan... And Hogan, you know, he could take a step to the left. He could take a step to the right. If he's feeling really mobile, he could jump up in the air. He chose none of the above. And instead, he stood there frozen as Warrior rolled into him. And uh, that was that. We then got the infamous spot where Hogan spent two minutes pulling out flash paper and a lighter, tried to throw a fireball at Warrior... And screwed it up so badly that instead of the finish, which was what it was supposed to be, uh, Warrior had to ignore it, and they had to keep wrestling. Fuck. And then in the ultimate swerve, Horace came out, and six days after his uncle beat the snot out of him, he gave Warrior the weakest chair shot in recorded history. Hogan made the cover for the... Win. Thank God. Next. They tried to set Warrior on fire for some reason, but were stopped. Why were they trying to set Warrior on fire? No idea. Thankfully, Doug Dillinger was there. Thank God for Doug. Only time that sentence has ever been said. And that was it. So, Brian, reactions to the match? It was perhaps the most, the worst rematch ever in wrestling history. Well, I thought you were reading stuff online. Oh, that's what it was. It was voted by both PWI and another famous wrestling magazine as the worst match of the year. So, Brian, tell me what the other famous wrestling magazine... It wasn't The Observer or anything. That was was Wrestling Torch, I think it was. It was the Wrestling Observer Worst Work Match of the Year for 1998. And I'm sure it was the Torch Worst Work Match of the Year. And I'm pulling your damn thing out of my computer because it keeps going... Okay. Cool. 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 I gotta come over there and smack you. Alrighty. So, then it came time for the main event.